we are good to go on Zoom. Perfect. So I appreciate you for doing this, Keith. Thank you for doing the podcast. Why don't you let everyone know a little bit about yourself? I've known you for a few years, but let us know a little bit about yourself and kind of what you're working on and uh, that we can jump into a conversation here. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, thank you so much, um, Hamilton, for inviting me um, to this. We've been trying to get this together for a while. So um, we're both busy in our world. Um, so thank you um, for this. And we're both 757. So it's just great to connect with someone that's from my home uh, town. And we're both in the fashion space. Um, so yeah, my name is uh, Keith, uh, Keith Fraley. And I'm a PhD candidate at uh, Cornell University. Um, I am in the process of, um, or not in the process, I've just recently started, uh, will be starting a new uh, job at um, Fashion Institute of Technology as a tenure track assistant professor within a fashion business management course uh, program rather. And uh, I've been within the fashion space. I'm a fashion nerd. I'm very passionate about the fashion uh, spaces and how we operate within those um, within those parameters. Um, and I think this important this conversation is really important to me because um, we, you know, get together as uh, as black men to be able to unpack um, what that means to us and how we can play into those spaces. Um, so that's um, really why we're geared towards doing this conversation. And I think that we have to keep having these types of conversations. Um, but yeah, that's the quick version of me. I can um, unpack a lot more about who I am, but um, I think that's enough for now. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for that. So you, I mean, you just covered a lot there. Uh, let's go back, I guess. Like, what was like your earliest, what was your earliest memory with fashion? Like, what what was like the spark for you? How, how do they say so it? for me, uh, it was my family. It was my mother and father. We were, or they were very into uh, using that as a creative outlet for themselves. Um, you know, one funny story, every uh, doing, every Thanksgiving, we would get together on Black Friday and we would drive to maybe, I don't know if anyone knows Potomac Mills, we would go to an outlet together and it was really a, plat a platform where we could get together as a family. We could get together to be able to connect with each other. We all like shopping. We didn't necessarily have to buy anything, um, but it was just the uh, where I could really connect and we could connect as a unit. Uh, we still today uh, can go to uh, a local store. And I mean, my entire family, like my grandmother, my aunt, my sister, my cousin, we would all meet um, either at Lynn Haven Mall, which is here in Virginia, uh, Virginia Beach area. And that was just a place where I, it was about, for me, about connecting with people, about connecting with family, about connecting. And that was, I could go uh, in, my father would be in the menswear department, let's say at Nordstrom. And he would be looking through, you know, the suiting or dress shirt. And that would be a time that I could go in and have a really one-on-one -on -one intimate conversation with my father, which is really ironic in a way, but it just worked for us. Um, you know, he really loved our clothing. And that, would, and that was at a young, young age. And that would really 
Um, I started to engage with how much clothing can have an impact on uh, on individuals, on people, and I thought within my own family unit. But also, of course, outside of that, my uh, father and mother, they love, as they like to say, put it on and like to uh, get dressed. And I just really, and my, I just really engaged with that. Um, and that's where really, that's where fashion started for me. Um, and then I kind of spearheaded from that standpoint. Um, but that's really where it started for me in, in that space. Yeah, no, that's good. And like, when did you start to change the mindset or how did you develop the mindset? Because I, I feel like for me, like I worked in retail stores and I always wanted to work in stores. Like I wanted to work in the mall and yeah. I was too young. Like I couldn't, I was underage, so I couldn't actually do it. My mom didn't want me to do it, all that. And then mm -hmm. eventually I got to a point where I was in there working, but then there's like something that kind of switched for me where I wanted to contribute. Um, I don't even know if like it was a switch more so, but it was just like a thought process of like, I wanted to contribute more to what was going on. I wanted to make something. Um, and mm. in your case, you know, you're going to be actually like facilitating and educating. So I guess right. like, when did that part happen for you? Like, when did you have the epiphany that like, Oh, I can actually teach this stuff. Uh, so great question. So a lot of people that want to start in fashion, a lot of them end up going in the direction, I want to be a fashion designer, I want to make clothing. And I did go down that road once before. Uh, so I put on my own fashion show, I've done my own design. And let me tell you that I realized that was not my forte. Um, I realized that creating the product um, at the sewing machine, uh, creating or dealing with a manufacturer, developing, you know, the potential uh, patterns and tech pack and samples. Um, I realized that I, that wasn't for me um, going through that process, um, designing. So I realized that at that moment that I had to transition into something else. And that's when I really went to the business side of, of fashion. So uh, product development, supply chain operations, marketing, uh, not really on the side of creative director, uh, designer. So that wouldn't really, um, when I, at an early age, and I think this happened around high school, middle school, uh, high school, and shortly thereafter, I mean, uh, that is when I realized that that transition was happening for me. I thought I was really going to go into the fashion design space. Uh, retail, I think, is uh, a great entryway into the fashion industry. And that's exactly what I did um, once I realized that design wasn't it. Uh, one of my uh, major first retail uh, uh, roles was when I was at Nordstrom, when they actually opened up in downtown Norfolk. I started uh, working there and that was really, I was there for about eight years and that was a, a big entryway into understanding the retail sector of the fashion business. And you know, I got promoted quite a few times and uh, moved to different states uh, with that. Um, so I was able to really learn the operations with that. And then uh, moving from that, I was able to go into other like uh, 
product development role. I had account executive, things of that nature. Um, so to answer your question, I really learned at an early age that um, that transition from design, from a fashion designer and going into, so, and you also asked about teaching. Uh, so th that has been the underlying layer throughout the whole process. Like I've always, uh, have been eager to learn more about fashion and and as you know and your business is a testament of this the fashion industry is enormous there's so many different moving parts so I was really intrigued to learn as much as I could within that so learning about sustainability learning about supply chains I was fortunate enough to have those types of roles but also I was going getting education at the same time so I was working during the day and then I would go to school at night um, so I was always intrigued to do that. Um, and that is how I got, uh, uh, that's why I was enticed to start the PhD program in fashion studies at Cornell, um, because I was able to get a deeper understanding of what the fashion system is. Uh, so having that journey, it was a natural progression for me to now just be able to take what I've actually physically have experience and now be able to teach other uh, individuals, other creative mind to be able to do that, do that type of work. And I, um, I look forward to it. And I've been, I have uh, had to teach quite a few years um, at Cornell. So I realized I had a good um, connection with the students to be able to do that. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's where the transition is. And I think a lot of it is trial and error. You go and you figure out what works for you, what doesn't. Um, but yeah, uh, teaching is uh, where, uh, where God has me to be. And I'm so excited about it. And what did you learn at Nordstrom? Wow. So a lot. Um, Nordstrom taught me a lot, man. Like Nordstrom's uh, about customer service, how to engage with the uh, our customer base is always, regardless of what type of business anyone has, entrepreneurship, or if you're in a major corporation, is always about the customer, right? And Nordstrom really taught me about the root of that, about what um, servicing and giving, uh, rolling out the red carpet for them. Um, outside of that, also about just the, um, how to be an effective manager, your sales, your sell through, your inventory uh, turnover. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I would say the bulk of what I've learned through, uh, through the retail sector, Nordstrom's, uh, uh, and a shout out to Nordstrom's, they are amazing. Um, uh, an amazing organization, um, and it really helped me to uh, get to where I am today. So, yeah, there's a lot to learn. Um, merchandising strategies, uh, how to engage with your employees, how to keep your uh sell um your uh sell, what do they call? It? I forget the um, but making your uh making your goals, um, things of that nature. But the biggest component is service. And that's still carried over to today and in the classroom. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. What is the curriculum teaching about sustainability right now? Uh, sustainability, that is about, there's still a lot more room for uh, 
uh, to loan in that space. Uh, but when sustainability is broad, so one of the big things that we've been uh, teaching students is about um, the basis. A lot of them are really engaged with things just like Smart, Depop, Macari, uh, different platforms that how individuals are looking at product differently. How can you, instead of going to a traditional retail platform, how can you take secondhand product and potentially use that and, and market that in different ways? That's one part of sustainability about taking thrift thrift clothing and reselling it um, in, an, in another desirable uh, platform. And that's been growing tremendously uh, within that. Then you have sustainability like you're doing, like exactly um, uh, the platform of how you have your business set up with that. Um, is yes, that shout out to um, uh, to Hamilton Perkins and all of his upcycle um, bags. I, and that's how we connected actually in a way um, when you had your retail store um, within that. So that would be some of the ways that we're teaching them in the curriculum for sustainability. Um, and it's much more in depth um, in that. Would you agree with that or what else would you add to that? <laughs> No, I think it's well said. I mean, sustainability is very broad. I think part of it, and I, I'm out here in California where it's very uh, top of mind, and I'm in these rooms, and what I'm and getting- it looks like the weather is beautiful over there. <laughs> yeah, this is like the best day probably since I've been here in the past like two or three weeks, but what I'm getting when I'm in these rooms is like, and this is coming from sustainability- executives, directors of sustainability at companies are like, you know, number one, we don't necessarily have it right. Like we're not necessarily saying we're the best or that we're doing it right. But what we're saying is basically we're still like, it's out for debate or still like up for grabs on like what a standard is regarding sustainability as it as it relates to like broad broadly speaking about sustainability. Because to your point, is there more of an impact of basically reselling something that's already in the world and you're just, you know, you, like you say, Macari, you know, someone buys, you know, insert brand name, you know, once and then they resell it and then someone else buys it and then they enjoy it, then they resell it. Is that a lower kind of mm -hmm. like carbon Im Im impact than you know, maybe uh -huh. something else, like just simply making that garment, making that item from the ground up from like a sustainable uh -huh. textile. You know, I, I, I see a lot of companies that are getting funded for uh, taking clothing and turning it into a brand new textile. Is that a, is that a more uh -huh. it impact and help the environment more? You know, people that are at, at risk from mm -hmm. the environment, does that help more? You know, it, it is a it's still like kind of up and out for debate. What we've done is we've started to carbon account for what our product is and what it does. So like for one of our bags, we can tell you that it's going to be about 12 kilograms of carbon per bag that's made with the materials that we make it from when it's kind of produced at our furthest point, which would be, you know, kind of like overseas and then kind of coming here to the U S to get distributed. Dope, Hamilton. But if you, thank you. But if you mm -hmm. really were to just 
make it from let's say virgin material like let's say a cotton or something that is like you know just leather it would be probably 20 kilograms of carbon emissions so we save about five to eight ish kilograms by doing the work that we do with the product and the same thing with our latest products which are these shirts that are upcycled we're taking recycled t-shirts that normally wouldn't sell and you know we're basically turning them into station mm -hmm. and we're, we're taking I love them, it. I love it. sewing them back together and then mm -hmm. we're taking fabric signs textile fabric signs this one's from our client the virginia stage company back home the wells theater and oh yes 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 accent. that looks familiar yeah so that's the accent so these produce about one kilogram of carbon emission and there's a savings as well so you know we're still kind of tweaking and working to find ways that we can make this product more sustainable but mm -hmm. i always like this you know, this is a long-winded answer, but I like the whole idea. Of, you know, I feel like if you can start the conversation, mm -hmm. well, now that leads to someone else that might, like, maybe make another choice when it comes to, um, you know, a car choice, maybe. Maybe they decide to go with an electric car instead of a gas car on the next purchase, or maybe they decide to, you know, implement some kind of solar uh, panel, you know, in their home. Maybe they decide to um, just support more small brands that are doing different, you know, projects out of materials, which then kind of grows the whole ecosystem. And inevitably, you know, some things are going to be more sustainable. You know, shopping small in general can be more sustainable. So it's a complex answer. I've been working in this field for a few years, and it doesn't necessarily seem like there's a real answer clear in sight. But right. I think, right. you know, the point is just taking a step taking action and mm -hmm. you know not like waiting to um have something just pop out of the sky and just you know happen you have to kind of be the change you want to see so as cliche as that sounds um but that's what it is and that's and your answer makes sense because i think that's essentially what sustainability is in a way it's still being uh we're still learning about it it's still being unpacked as you go along but i think the one common thing that is um that a lot of fashion companies have a clear understanding of is that it needs to be a part of their corporate strategy within their business in some capacity. And it has to be not just a dot, but much larger than that. And I think that the corporations are seeing that. So that's why, but it's more about how, in what way, in what capacity. You just talk about uh, carbon emissions. That's one part of all of sustainability, right? So it's like what part of, well, it is a big part, but it's that amongst other things. So I think it's a matter of, I don't think it's going anywhere, but I think that the language and the conversation is still continuing to be talked about. And as we go along, you keep refining it on what it is. So the sustainability of what it is today is drastically different than it was even like five or seven years ago, but it's improving as we go along. So I think that's what it um, is. And then some people pick what part of sustainability that is for them. I've seen it in the classroom for students that want to start sustainable uh, businesses. It's each one of them start in different spaces 
you know, one might start, as I stated, in the resale marketplaces like the Depop, et cetera. Another one might start in the platform of carbon emissions and how that might be. Another one might start in that way. So I think uh, uh, in a way, it's beautiful that you can be impactful in multiple ways. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's about like, where can you actually add value, pick a place, get to work, you know, and that's kind of been our philosophy. Um, yeah. What would you say in your experience? Because I'm always trying to figure this out. Um, who do you think is the most influential person in an organization when it comes to either, we'll say sustainability, but we'll say collaboration and, uh, and uh, you know, like making decisions on bringing in brands. We talked a little bit about off camera about, you know, like let's say a luxury brand wants to do a partnership and we see, you know, um, I'm just going to make up something because I'm around the corner. I see, uh, you know, this Kith brand, you know, they've got all the. I love uh, them. Yeah. You know, just a amazing story, amazing brand, amazing store build outs. I mean, it's just so impressive. And then you right. see the collaboration and, you know, you see the collaboration on the brand side that they're collaborating with. So let's say, it's, uh, you know, a brand. What is the who's making the who's the most influential on those types of partnerships when, you know, you see two brands, you know, kind of continuously collaborate within the fashion space? Um, it, who Who's doing that? Who's making those decisions from either a product standpoint or from a uh, or even, you know, even the sustainability standpoint? Uh, that's a great question, and a shout out to Kiss. I um I admire their uh, brand for sure, and their store build out and their story. The first thing that I would say to that question is about the team. It's about um I don't think it's actually precisely just one person. I think it's about a team collectively to build out that vision. Also within that team, it's about uh, DEI, making sure that you have diverse um, individuals within there, including different viewpoints to help push something forward that have that have an understanding of the clear goal you have. Um, but I think all of them are important to some capacity. So if you're talking about like the C-suite type of individual, you have the chief sustainability officer, you have the chief merchandising officer, you have the chief supply chain officer, you have uh, the different, um, the CEO, you have the vice president, you have the design team. All of those individuals are important, I think, to be able to execute the entire vision, right? It's because if you just have the chief sustainability officer, that's not enough to really execute a full product execution or a product, uh, but they are an important piece of it. So I would say for me, it's about the entire team. And of course, at some point, it does start off with one person, but that one person usually, I'm not saying all the time, can't do it by themselves. You need, uh, you know, a collective unit to be able to keep pushing that brand idea together. So that's how I would respond to um, how it, what would be that one person? I think it's that one team. Um, because like even with you, Hamilton, it's not you have you and 
multiple other people that are helping you get your vision executed. Um, but you started the idea, but you needed that team to help get it executed out for you. Um, so that's how I would say, um, it, that's how I would see it building out um, from that on one particular person. Um, I would just say one powerful team that is devoted to that vision and that mission of what you're trying to do. No, that's great. And uh, I'm still a student, so I still read. I still listen to podcasts and, you know, Me too. <laughs> what are some resources? What are some, you know, give, give some information on, uh, give some, some game or information where, you know, someone's sitting at home and they want to get more involved. They want to learn more. Where would you send them? What are some like some resources that they should tap into? Uh, so perfect. So I'm I'm a student too. I'm still I will always be a student. Um, I am a big uh, resource of uh, getting as much information as possible. So on almost on a daily, I am looking at news from things the uh, the business of fashion. Uh, looking at you know just the daily uh, news about what's going on in the business. Um, uh, things of, in that space, I think, is uh, very important to really engage with. Um, the podcast, a couple podcasts that I definitely listen to is, of course, yours. I listen to yours. That's an automatic. Sure. Um, but the uh, the future of fashion business, the business of fashion podcast. Uh, I like to listen to um, the Gucci podcast. It's also one by a good friend of mine. Um, she called the the Styled for Life podcast. Um, you always have the uh, Retail in America podcast by, uh, I think his name is Ron Thurston, I think his name is. Um, so those are a couple podcasts that I like to listen to um, in the morning that are really um, helpful um, for me uh, to engage. And then also on the, in terms of like emails or uh, platforms that really like to engage with things like the fashion law is really good. Um, Fashion United, WWD, uh, Luxury Daily, things along those. Retail Brew is another good one. But these are, are platforms that I, I like to engage with to be able to, um, you know, stay on top of what's going on in the industry. Uh, so those are the, my um, top amongst others that I really uh, engage with quite frequently. I'm trying to think, and then always staying up to date on, you know, whatever uh, magazine or I'm a very creative person as well. I'm not a designer, but I'm very creative in thought process. Um, so I'm very image driven. Uh, so that is a, uh, another a source. Um, I don't know if anyone has heard of a place called Upsplash. Um, so I use Upsplash quite frequently. Um, that is, um, I use that for a bit a side business that we have, which is kind of like a resale uh, platform. Um, it's called uh, Kina um, uh, for men and women. We do uh, uh, use, that's a whole nother thing. We can talk about that uh, later, but I use uh, Upsplash for my business in that, and that's really helpful. Um, yeah, those are the first things that I think of that I use. Um, also, like the Laws of Style podcast, uh, that's another one. 
I'm just shooting them out there as I'm thinking about it because I didn't really write it down. But those are the ones that uh, come. What about you? What about you, Hamilton? Oh, man, I can't mess with your list. Your list is like. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, as far as podcasts, I've steered. I've actually steered. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this as a podcaster. I've, pro- I've probably scaled back a little bit on podcasting um, mm-hmm. as far as like listening and consuming. Right. I, for me, I think I've found a certain like uh, pure information from like reading physical books, which is kind mm-hmm. of, um, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And of course I read books. I didn't say that. That's a. Yeah. Like, yeah. But so, I do audio book. Yeah. You know, so I, I'll do physical with the audio. And I think what I found is like, I'll try to like find a book that um is cool you know and i found one that um you know i read i think it was called uh what's it called the world is on fire but we're still buying shoes that was pretty good just what is the name of it the world is on fire but we're still buying shoes i think the author is in europe Okay, Um, okay you know and just kind of like because what I found for books, it's like, and I haven't written a book yet, but mm-hmm. being able to like, just sit down and put your thoughts into like a book, whether it's mm-hmm. a certain, even if it's like a hundred pages or 300 mm-hmm. pages, 500 pages, it's like, mm-hmm. that takes a certain amount of like discipline and time. And excuse me, there's less room, I feel like to like, kind of, you know, posture or like, you know, uh kind of share things in a certain way and it's just it's kind of like no fluff almost um yeah, yeah. but i think there's you know because like a lot of time you know there's like there's ads and these podcasts are selling you know and that's mm-hmm. fine because i need to buy stuff anyway but um, yeah, yeah. sometimes it's just tougher for me to just sit down and like really with a open mind to learn to like sit and listen um but there's nothing wrong with them um mm-hmm. i definitely so I, I like that one um you know, my, my favorite book of all time is still going to be Shoe Dog. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I feel Knight. Mm-hmm. The Nike one? The Nike one, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just such a good, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think anyone's ever, it's going to be tough to, to touch that um, as far as just like a body. I can't wait for the movie to come out. Isn't the movie about to come out? The um, I don't see why there wouldn't be, you know. There yeah, should I think be there's one about. coming out soon with... Uh, he just lost me with uh Jennifer Lopez, uh new husband or boyfriend. That guy, he's the main actor. Mm. Um, Affleck, Ben Affleck is gonna be. Um, there's a new Nike movie coming out, and I'm kind of geeked out about it. So yeah, no, one hundred percent. You know, and then you know, I've I've kind of moved into like. And you know what we need to do when the movie comes out? We need to have like a little Instagram live and just talk about the movie. Mm. No, I'm down. I'm always down. Yeah. To do it. I'm always up for conversation, you know, yeah. getting the, the word out for sure. Um, I looked at um, so I looked at like podcasting. And I looked at like YouTube as well. Like YouTube can be good. Um, <clears throat> I like this company or not company, but it's a it's a channel. I think it's called Thread Education or Thread Threadication. And you- uh-huh. they just break down like Threadication. I think that's the name of it. They just break down like, um, what do you call it? Like they'll just pick like anything, like they'll pick Prada and they'll just break down 
for like 30 minutes to an hour, like the story of Prada, like from the inception, or they'll break down like, um, like a style, you know, they'll, they'll break down like Pharrell Williams, like his career, like as it relates to fashion, or they'll break down, um, shoot. <laughs> oh, no, 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 they're coming for you, man. Yeah. They'll break down like, a um, you know, just like, a someone that's in the, in the space. So that's really good and on YouTube. It's on YouTube, yes. Okay, got it. Okay, I got to check that out. I like the name Threadication. Yeah, it's pretty. It's really good. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, you know, just resources though. I like the. Uh, you know, Virgil Abloh had that. He had something called Free Game, so he mm -hmm. put together almost like a course, mm -hmm. and it was just you know, it was literally just like here's how you can get blanks printed. Here's how you can make a logo. Here's how you can like sell. Um, and he did some like mentorship videos too. And those were really good. Just, I think it was like two to three brands where he just sat down and like gave mm -hmm. them information and like tweet, like audited what they were doing. It was just mm -hmm. so much in those videos. Like, I don't know if I'm like the only person that saw it that way, but I just saw it. Like I'll rewatch a lot of those and I, I literally pick up something different. Um, I got to check it out. I haven't heard um, about Threadication, but it sounds uh, pretty dope. There's so much information out there that, yeah, I it's hard to filter through. Um, but that one, I think I would add to the list for sure. I just like the name itself, Threadication. Yeah, that's a really good name. And, uh, you know, I think when it comes to just like fashion, I mean, uh, I would say just also just buying courses too. So I've I've been like trying to find like more courses. So I found a course, um, it's like a little course that Parsons did with uh, mm -hmm. Complex. So they had mm -hmm. one that was actually pretty good. It had a lot of like, you know, known people in there, like given, you know, at least a section of a whole module. So I learned a lot from that. Um, you know, then get, getting out in the world too. And like, you know, yeah, that one. I always encourage anybody, like, if you don't have your own podcast, not just for the sake of, like, the podcast itself, the media property that you own, but, like, just having a podcast as a, like, networking tool and a tool to actually learn. Like, it's actually education in itself because you mm -hmm. can actually get people to, you know, condense what they've done in a lifetime into 30 to 60 minutes and you can pick out the pieces that you want and you can go back and relearn. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> I actually learn a lot just mm -hmm. from doing this myself, like, just interviewing people. Yeah. Um, sometimes mm. I'll interview them and I'm, I'm trying to get better at like actually recording. Cause sometimes I don't even record it. Um, mm. uh, so that's kind of my, uh, my word of the year is, is uh, consistency. You know, I just need to stay consistent and keep um, producing no. recording, but uh, you yeah, know, I, I keep going on and on, but yeah, I've definitely taken courses, you know, I've joined some different groups here and there as well. Just like, you know, different, group coaching mastermind courses or mastermind groups where you get together like every week or you get together um several times a week even and there might be someone that comes in that like teaches specific um things and uh -huh. um i had my own group for a little bit like i did a little beta test myself where i was getting people together that had products and we were just meeting like every week and we were just sharing what's working you know, how are you getting sales? How are you marketing? What's working on Instagram right now? What's working on TikTok? What's working with, um, you know, selling in bulk? What's working with selling individual product? And found that uh, that was a really good uh, model. So 
this year that will I rock with you Hamilton because you keep it going and you just make it happen and that is inspiring to me I think that's so dope no I appreciate it so this year that'll come back you know I was just trying to see like you know could it work did was there value in it you know I got really good testimonials from just you know the people that were on it and so we'll we'll start to like gear up for that more um this year so you know if you're watching this right now probably by the time this comes out you know there will be um there will be a link at least so so you know just check the link in my bio i'll say and uh you know you'll probably yeah. find more information about it um okay. anyway those are resources um so and another one of my favorite books that i want to add to that um that i read a long time ago that i think is good for um it talked about the business side and an actual person the name of it is called always in fashion by mark weber uh, this is uh, one particular um, book that I read um, that really resonated with me. Uh, someone that's not on the design side, but was on uh, the business side in terms of leadership and management. Um, he, uh, uh, in his words, started from the bottom and worked all his way all the way up to um, CEO and worked for prominent luxury uh, conglomerates. Um, so that's one book uh, that really um, I think I, I would add to the list uh, to read. And I would probably put that one of my uh, favorite books thus far. I have quite a few favorites, but I would that would be on the list um, of that it's called Always in Fashion Always by in Mark Weber. Mark Weber. OK, well, we're going to have you come in as like a guest uh, lecturer, too, for our group, because we would bring oh, in yeah. lecturers to talk to just from different companies, just share information. So that's really good. That's good. Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, I think we covered a good amount here. I mean, let me know, like or let the group know, followers know where can everyone follow you and like if they want to get more information and you know just connect with you where can they uh, where can they get in touch with you at yeah absolutely so um i'm definitely on social media the uh two that you can probably engage with me with is on linkedin i uh, go to my uh, linkedin our profile reach out to me um i like to help uh individuals that I can be of service to them if it works out with us. Um, so you can definitely reach out in that way. The other platform is on Instagram at Keith A. Fraley. You can definitely reach me out um, in that uh, in those ways. So those are the two ways and a, definitely a classic email if you want to go that direction as well. And you should be able to find that on the LinkedIn platform or something of that way. Uh, so yeah, those are the two ways to definitely connect. I really, um, yeah, I could talk about this all day. I love uh, talking about the fashion industry and, and it's multi- uh, spaces that it has and being able to, you know, to have a robust conversation about it. Um, so this is good. And I hope this isn't the last time Hamilton and I look forward to, you know, doing it again for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I know you're doing something, um, well, you're going to be teaching at FIT in the summer, starting in the summer. So um, maybe we can get you in after, you know, you got your uh, you know, you got your feet uh, planted well and, you know, we can figure out either like a follow up episode or um, something, you know, different. Maybe it's a, you know, some type of, you know, collaboration of uh, information. Maybe I can talk about sustainability or something and, you know, you can share information um, somehow. But, you know, we can figure that out. You know, that'll be great. I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to, man.
be happy to. Enjoy yourself over there in California. Uh, that's, uh, the weather looked, like I said earlier today, it looked way better than what it is over here. So, Yeah, today I think I got my return finally. <laughs> it's been really, like, it's been very cloudy and rainy for, like, weeks. So yeah. uh, I was just kind of, you know, thinking that my return on investment with the weather was uh, in the negative. But I think I got the ROI positive today. But uh, thank you for doing this. And um you know, I'll sign out of here.